0: Man, good morning. Um, this is obviously a pivot, so we're going to take a pause in our sermon series. and We're going to move to a passage that I often reference, but I don't get to preach much, and so I'm excited to walk through it with you today. We're actually just going to kind of walk through it as I read through I'm going to make points as we go. This, this passage specifically uh, is exciting because it's the end of John's letter. John was known as the Apostle of Love, and I think that's an appropriate a place to be today given it's valentine's day so let's buckle in this is the icy day valentine's uh special so we're going to kind of just walk through this passage together now before we jump into this passage you need to understand john was known as the apostle of love and he is ending his gospel and as he ends his gospel he's talking about a relationship between jesus and simon peter simon peter was called as a disciple of jesus And as he was called, one thing we know about Peter is he often got ahead of himself. He would put his foot in his mouth. How many of you ever get ahead of yourself? I think that's an important place to start today because on Valentine's Day a few years ago, I asked a man why he hated Valentine's Day. He said this. He said, I love my wife and I love the opportunity to serve her, but I never get Valentine's right. And so for the person today who's listening, who feels a little flawed, dial in, listen up. I think you're going to find some encouragement. So Simon Peter in Matthew 16 was told by Jesus, we're no, gonna, we're no longer going to focus on your name, Simon. We're going to put that aside. We're going to call you Peter because on my rock, I'll build this church. Peter meant Petras or rock. And he said, I'm going to establish the entire New Testament church on you. And Jesus has already walked with Peter on water he's seen his faithfulness and then at the last supper he looked at peter and said peter unfortunately you'll deny me tonight three times at the crucifixion before the crow the rooster even crows and jesus looked at peter and told him something that grated peter and made him nervous peter was afraid that he would ever deny jesus and he defended he said i would never do such a thing and once it happened once it actually took place it says that jesus looked directly at peter and then Peter, Peter ran away, humiliated, broken-hearted, devastated, depressed, and he went straight back to where he had followed Jesus to begin with. He went straight back to the shores that Jesus called him from, the Sea of Galilee. And that's, this is where our story picks up. He has gone back to the Sea of Galilee. This is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection of Jesus. And John writes about an exchange between Jesus and Peter, and he says this afterward. Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, or the Sea of Galilee. Same same body of water. It happened this way that Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel, and Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the two other disciples, were together. And Peter said, "I'm going fishing." And they said, "We'll go with you." So they went out onto the boat, and they got in that night and caught nothing. Early in the morning. Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. They said, Throw your net over the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because it was such a large number of fish. The disciple that Jesus loved, that's John, who's writing this, Said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say this, it is the Lord, he, he wrapped himself in his outer garment because he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing a net full of fish. For they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning coals, fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back aboard, dragged the net ashore, for it was full of large fish, 153, but even the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have some breakfast. I want to pause here for a second. I want to tell you what's going on. This This is amazing. Everything we just read is pretty cool. So Simon Peter is in a boat. Leading the other disciples who followed him in humiliation, away from his denial of Jesus, back to fishing. So they're like, we don't know what to do with our lives now. Jesus is dead, so we'll follow our leader, Peter. And he's like, well, I'm going right back to where I started. I'm going to fish again. And then he takes them out, and in the middle of the night, this man who's a master of these waters, he knows the Sea of Galilee, can't even catch anything on his own. He can't even fish without the help of Jesus. The next morning, Jesus says, throw it over the right side. They haul in a a load so heavy that they can't even put it in the boat, and it, it doesn't break the net, but more than they had ever dreamed about catching. Jesus shows that Peter, even in the places where he's most skilled, the places where he feels least flawed, depends on the power and the provision of Jesus. And so, just like Peter, when John looks at him and says, I think that's Jesus who's calling to us. Peter jumps over the side of the boat and goes running to him. This is the second time that Peter has left a boat for Jesus to run after him. I kind of wonder if he jumped over the boat hoping that he'd walk on water again, but he doesn't. And he runs as fast as he can. They're not far from the shore to get to the shore to be with Jesus. And Jesus kind of stops him. Kind of like Peter's always getting ahead of himself. Peter stops and says, hey... Go back, get the fish, and bring it to me. So Peter jumps back in the boat. He never had to leave the boat in the first place, grabs the fish, and brings it to Jesus so that Jesus can cook them breakfast. Can I ask you a question? How many of you get ahead of yourself? And how many of you, the reason you feel flawed in the way that you love others is because you get ahead of yourself? Have a tendency to just get a little excited and run ahead of what, instead of just taking your time and and following the Lord through the process? I, I can identify. And so, I think Peter can identify, and I think it's why John highlights it here, that Peter jumps out of the boat, runs, but yet finds himself dragging the alongside everyone else. He never needed to leave, but it just pronounces who Peter is. He's incredibly human. He's incredibly flawed. He's just like you and me. So then it says that um, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask who he was because... They knew who he was. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them and did the same to the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples after he had raised from the dead. And here's the power of the exchange that John wants to highlight for us this morning. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? I find it interesting because if you go back and you read Matthew 16, I encourage you to do so. Jesus specifically told Peter, we're no longer going to go by Simon. I'm going to take that name and I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to put it aside because I want to focus on who I really made you to be, and that was Peter. But here, Jesus calls him Simon. And I've always wondered why. I'm going to tell you why. It's because Peter, in his humiliation, in his depression, in his own guilt, because he's denied Jesus, Jesus speaks to him in the only name that he'll hear. How many of you have ever been so low that the only name that God can get your attention with is by reminding you of your old ways? How, how many of you have ever been so low that God has to call you by your old name just so you'll hear him? Just so you'll pay attention so you'll turn and give him your ear. So Peter doesn't hear Peter, he hears Simon. And inside he's like, "Ah, oh, it's true. I'm not I'm not the apostle Peter. I'm not the rock on which the new testament church will be built. I'm not good enough for that. I'm just flawed. I'm just failed. I'm just human like I thought. I'm worse than that. I'm just now a, a failed fisherman who can't even fish without his help. And Jesus begins by calling him Simon but completes that statement that first sentence with a question. He says, "Do you love me more than these?" And he's not talking about the other disciples around the circle. He's talking about the fish. Because the fish are what Simon Peter ran back to. He ran back to his old ways. He ran back to his old life. And that which he was most skilled in. He runs back to the fish and he goes, do you love me more than these? And Peter responds. He says, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And then Jesus says this, then feed my lambs. You see, what's also interesting here is the use of the word love. Jesus asked, do you agape me? Do you unconditionally love me? And Peter responds with, you know that I phileo you. You know that I love you like a brother, like church members love church members, who oftentimes fail one another, who are flawed. We're, we're not perfect, and so Peter goes, I don't want to tell you that I love you unconditionally because I've already broken a condition. I denied you at the cross." And that's why I'm here. It makes me feel terrible. So I can't say that I love you like that, but I will give you the best I've got. I love you like a brother. So don't put on me unconditional because I'm going to fail that. I'm going to miss that. How many of you ever find yourselves afraid to aspire to your heights because of your own flaws? Because you're aware of just how failed you are. So you go, I don't want to reach that high because I'll probably miss it. That's what Peter's saying here. Jesus goes to you, got me? He goes, I can't, I wish I could say yes, but I I phileo you. He goes, then feed my lambs. I gave you a responsibility, I gave you a job. I want to call you Peter, but you'll only hear Simon. So step back into what I've called you to. Step back into reality. Be who I've called you to be. And so again in verse 16, it says Jesus looks at him and says, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you phileo you. You know that I love you like a brother. He said, then take care of my sheep. And then a third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, so you know that I love you. In fact, in that third time, Jesus actually switched that verb of love, and instead of asking, do you agape me? He said, Peter, do you even phileo me. And the reason Jesus did that and the reason Simon Peter responds the way he does is because Jesus doesn't need us to be perfect for us to be used. He, he's not asking. He's not talking about Simon Peter's ability. He's asking about his availability. And so he already knows. He's like, would a brother even really turn their back on a brother like you did me? And he's really calling him out, but he's also saying, but I don't care. I made you for an intentional purpose. I love you, and I am going to utilize you. So it's not about your flaws, Peter. It's about my faithfulness. I just want to know if you're available and if you trust me. And so he looks at him and says, you know all things, God. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said, this is to indicate the kind of death that Peter would glor- be glorify, would most glorify God. And they said to him, follow me. Verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. And he said, what about him? What about John? Jesus answered, he said, if I want him to remain alive until I return. What is it to you? You must follow me. I'm not asking about anybody else. I'm asking about you, Peter. Are you available? Jesus answered, uh, sorry, verse 23, John writes, Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple, John, would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? Verse 24, John pronounces himself. He says, I'm the one writing this. He says, this is the disciple who testifies to these things, who wrote them down. I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. It's me, John. And we know that his testimony is true. And the reason I'm mentioning these last two verses, verse 24 and 25, the very last thing he writes in his gospel, it's because of this. He says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that could be written about what Jesus accomplished. You see, John, the apostle whom Jesus loved, was very affectionate about Jesus. But he wants us to understand just how affectionate Jesus is about us. And so he uses the leader of the disciples, Peter, as an example. And he uses how flawed Peter is to pronounce how faithful God is. If you're curious today how to best love those in your life and how to snuggle up next to your Valentine today and really show your Valentine what true love looks like, if you want to show your Valentine the love you have for them and the love that they deserve, then I want you to understand this verse. It's not about your flaws. It's about His faithfulness. And our love seems most genuine when we are most grateful. Our love is most pronounced when we recognize what He did for us and just what they mean in our lives when when we recognize they still love us graciously despite our flaws our love seems most powerful most genuine when we are most grateful so today i hope that whoever it is you call valentine feels loved today but more than that today i hope that you feel loved and it's out of the love that he had for you, you seek to love others. So Father, this morning we love you, we thank you, we thank you for John's reminder that our flaws don't determine your faithfulness, our flaws don't determine our capacity in this world for ministry, your faithfulness is the only stipulation and our availability to trust you is our, our key to success. Father, today we we love you, we thank you for Jesus, we thank you for his love for us. It's in his name we ask these things.